Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. want to give a big shout-out to all our vets and uh, hope that everybody had a great Memorial Weekend uh, honoring those who serve us all. For those of you that are new to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, I'm Lori LeBay, the host and the founder. And how this program got started basically is uh, I was on the journey with my mom who had dementia for 30 years, and I just thought it was really important for there to be a platform to raise everyone's voice um, so that we could share ideas and knowledge um, along with our struggles uh, so that we could approve uh, life with dementia. Um, Bottom line, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company, and we provide multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. So the radio platform is one platform. We also have uh, a blog. We've got a... um, regular website. Uh, We have a YouTube channel. We do something called Dementia Chats, where I interview experts, who I call are the true experts, those living with the disease, a couple times a month. And um, we put those videos out so that you can hear their insights. Um, We're also doing, uh, which is going to be really fun this fall, a cruise for those with early memory loss and their families um, to the uh, Bahamas, November 11th and 18th. So if that's something that you'd be interested in joining us on, um, please go to alzheimerspeaks.com. You'll be able to get more information there. We also believe that really the only way that we are going to win this battle against um, Alzheimer's and all the various dementias out there is to work collaboratively together. And we know it's working thanks to each and every one of you. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares have gotten us the honor of being named the number one influencer online, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz, as well as recognized by Maria Shriver as an architect of change for humanity. And that wasn't us. That was you sharing our knowledge base here, our content, with all of your um, spheres of influence, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, your Pinterest peeps. Um, You know, we all have um, this large influence And most of us kind of take it for granted. We don't really think about it. But a lot of people are watching what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, you know, with dementia, it's one of those things that people aren't always ready to grab the information when we think they need it. But the more information out there, um, the easier it's going to be for them to grab it when they truly are ready um, to make that change. And, um, to, to get some information so that we can all help one another fight the stigmas and live more purposeful lives with dementia. I also want to let people know that everyone's voice is welcome here on Alzheimer's Speaks. So sometimes I interview people with dementia, uh, family, care partners, and friends. We've had advocates, we've had movie directors, authors, singer-songwriters, Harvard Research has been on the show, um, businesses, all shapes and sizes um, are welcome. Uh, we just like to have a respectful conversation, and so I'm really excited today uh, to have the group on that I do. You see, we are going to be talking with Us Against Alzheimer's and their uh, collaborative A-list, and we'll get into more details and exactly what that really is all about. But most of us know that in the early stages of dementia, there's just such great sensitivity around independence and dependency for those living with the disease and also for those care partners trying to figure out how the heck do you best support your loved one. And today, um, we're going to get some great new resources to push research uh, forward. And again, that's called the A-list. We've got four guests with us today. 
I'm going to introduce each of them, and then we'll get on to our conversation. The first is Meryl Comer, and she is the president and CEO of the Jeffrey Bean Foundation Alzheimer's Initiative. She's also the co-founder of Women Against Alzheimer's and the Global Alliance on Women's Brain Health. Meryl has led um, the formation of the 21st Century Brain Trust, which is a nonprofit partnership to advance mobile technologies and brain health. In addition, um, I would be amiss if I didn't tell you about her book, um, which was a bestseller uh, in the New York Times called Slow Dancing with a Stranger. And 100% of her profits and proceeds um, go to uh, support dementia and Alzheimer's disease research. Um, I met this woman years ago. I saw her speak at a, I want to say it was an Alzheimer's um, meeting of the Minds Conference, and I was just memorize, mem, memor, I can't even say the word. I was just smitten with her. I'll say that. I'll say, I'll say that. She, uh, she really has quite the story to tell. So welcome, Meryl. How are you today? Thank you, Lori. You're the lady who's led us all, so thank you for your efforts. Great. Um, I'm going to introduce your cohorts here. Um, Next, I want to introduce Greg O'Brien, and he's the award-winning author of a book called On Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's. It's his first book written by an investigative reporter embedded in the mind of Alzheimer's, which chronicles the progression of his own disease. Greg has written for numerous media, um, both regional and national, including the Washington Post, the Time, the Chicago Tribune, USA Today, Associated Press, the Boston Herald, and many others. Greg also, um, I want to mention, lost his maternal grandfather, his mother, his paternal uncle and father to Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. And again, if you haven't, if you haven't read his book, you definitely want to go pick it up. Again, it's called On Pluto, Inside the Mind of Alzheimer's. Welcome, Greg. Great. Well, we're thrilled to have you with us. Um, I'm going to keep going here and introduce our other two of our of our team here. Um, Ginny Bicker is... Um, basically directs uh, the patient and caregiver and faith and veterans initiatives of Us Against Alzheimer's. She really is the backbone there. And I was honored to meet her out in New York uh, years ago with the Jiminy Wicket uh, Foundation. Um, She leads the new Veterans Against Alzheimer's Network, um, which is to engage veterans who bear the burden of this disease as well as everything else they've been through. In their life, Jenny is the co-founder of the A-List, um, a groundbreaking initiative making the opinions of those living with Alzheimer's count when it comes to research. She also leads Us Against Alzheimer's, their Facebook um, communication page, um, which is Alzheimer's Caregiver Support Group, and Faith United Against Alzheimer's Coalition, which is mobilizing people of all face uh, face. And um, in this fight against Alzheimer's, and they've written just a beautiful book out there, and maybe I can have Ginny uh, plug that book as well. So, Ginny, welcome today. Lori, thank you so much for having me and and our team. Great. And do you want to plug the the faith book that Us Against Alzheimer's had had put together? It was just fascinating. I think it was like 17 or 18 different religions, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. So it's called Seasons of Caring, Meditations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Caregivers. Um, these uh, are original, you know, short meditations from members of our uh, Clergy Against Alzheimer's Network. As you said, 17 or 18 different faith backgrounds, um, you know, over, you know, close to 140 original meditations and um, also, artwork uh, from Danny Potts, who I know you know well, mm-hmm. his father, uh, who became a watercolorist when he was uh, in the later stages of Alzheimer's. So it's a really wonderful book. Almost, I think all of the authors have, uh, they're members of the clergy. Not all are, most are, but 
all have personal experience with Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, either in a pastoral role or family role. So, yes, it's really, I have to say, beautiful book. Thank yeah. you for asking. One of the uh, the things that I found really interesting was a quote, and I can't remember who it was by, but I want to I, I want to say it was a rabbi who said how fascinated he was in learning about the other religions and how he took on a meditation of another religion and just found it so powerful. And I just thought, oh, how beautiful is that? Um, yeah, and I think it's a, you know, once one thing I like about our approach at Us Against Alzheimer's, it's very holistic. And while we, you know, obviously there's the ability to reach people, a large number of people through congregations, and the um, and faith communities, I, I think that faith is such a big part of this journey for so many people. So sort of, I think, resonate in that way as well. But um, that's an interesting comment. I, I didn't remember that, but I like that there, that sharing of approaches. Exactly, exactly. Now, our next team member is Terry uh, Frigianio, and I hope that I said that okay. Um, she is a longtime and former caregiver of her mother with Alzheimer's disease. She is also a pharmacological um, executive and has been so for 25 years. And she, um, like everyone else, struggled to find adequate resources when it came to easing her mother's journey and her family's journey. And this lack of really propelled Terry into activism with Us Against Alzheimer's, where she is leading an initiative um, to beautifully blend the industry, academia, and advocates to understand what matters most to those um, with um, or at risk of this disease along with their care partners. So thank you for, for joining us. Terry. did I crucify your name? And if so, please... <laughs> Uh, please restate. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not the first, and uh, I'll thank my husband. It's actually Frangiosa. Frangiosa. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but uh, but yeah, no worries. Um, and thank you, Lori, for having me uh, on as well. I truly feel your mission and want to bring my passion from my journey with my mom, as you mentioned. Uh, to further the discussion with those helping people affected by Alzheimer's and dementias. So thank you. Well, great. Um, I'm going to start out with our talking points with Meryl, um, because I, I just think it's so exciting, Meryl, to see your vision taking shape. Um, why don't we take a few steps back, and if you can share with our audience how you came into motion of this um, inclusion and validation uh, you know, because it's so extremely important uh, to get this overall look and appreciation, which um, I think is kind of sidestepped in a lot of patient uh, data reports out there in research. So can you give people a little bit of history on yourself and how, how you came into this space? Sure, certainly, Laurie. Well, unlike you, um, I'm uh, a 21-year caregiver for both my husband with early onset and my mother with late stage Alzheimer's as well. But uh, when I wrote the book that you mentioned, Slow Dancing with a Stranger, and I looked back those 21 years, uh, I had been so busy moving from issue to issue that I wasn't paying attention to what was going on with me. And when I looked back, nothing had changed, no disease-modifying therapies and no better care options and many of the young women, the average age of the caregiver is 49 years of age, were leaving their careers to take care of their loved ones. And what was striking to me was that here we, there were so many missed opportunities. Uh, three or four things that jumped out at me, you know, it's in the home or by the bedside where the action is and not in the clinical setting and that the most dynamic space in the disease progression is in that early stage that you mentioned where you're trying to support a loved one's dignity and their independence, and it has that uh, creative friction. It, you know, it's sensitive whether you're negotiating with a spouse or a parent. And number three, um, no matter how positive the caregiver is, um, and you've done such a wonderful job in 
sustaining caregivers uh, because there is a great deal of dignity in helping a loved one preserve their own dignity. But the caregivers were forgetting who they were, and it was taking a personal health toll um, and an emotional toll as well. But we were really, we didn't see ourselves anymore. And number four, that the medical establishment and researchers just ignored us instead of making us partners in the research process. So the, the idea behind the A-list was said, well, let us get involved, but let us be virtual, let us be where we are, because many of us are isolated by the disease, and let us be your partners. And what I meant by partners is um, let us tell you what matters most to us. Um, let us uh, beta test uh, the new technologies you bring out to see whether they're really sensitive or our loved one who's living with dementia or uh, Greg, who lives with dementia, could actually uh, take the survey, uh, underst understand what was being asked of them in the right way. The other thing is that we're not we're treated as if our responses are anecdotal because respectfully, everyone's story is slightly different. It, there's a through line that's consistent, but. You know, we respect the idiosyncratic nature of the brain. So they treat us as anecdotal. And the power in the A-list was say, all right, let's get everyone together. Let them participate in the surveys. And let's see where we land, uh, where the thinking is. We may be all over the lot, but, but that will tell researchers something in themselves. Uh, so what matters most is the idea that... Uh, you know, join the A-list, participate in research, and be a partner. Because when you live in a space, no matter what I do, Lori, for my husband and my mother, the disease is going to win at home. So how do we help other families um, and improve it for our grandchildren and change the trajectory because people need to understand what's going on and we're the ones to tell them. So that was the idea behind the A-list. I could have called it the Alzheimer's list, but the A-list was clubby and empowering and I think we deserve to be empowered in our space. I so agree. I so agree. Because I, I do feel that a lot of families feel sidestepped and kind of out of the loop. And yet, they're this wealth of information, um, you know, those diagnosed and those caring for them. And, you know, one of the things we hear over and over again is, is nice as a cure would be, people still need support and help today um, while they're dealing with this disease. And I, I just love that whole empowerment and, you know, giving people an A for participating and, and, and stepping up. I like that, Lori. You know, it's because uh, some days you don't feel like you're at an A level because you're just so stressed and so stretched. And um, it's, it's important for people to, to feel lifted and to feel part um, instead of um, so isolated. And, and we all hear those stories over and over and over again about the isolation. And so this team effort, I think, really raises hopes and souls, you know, to, to, to move forward. And um, I can't say enough good things about it. Now, Meryl, you are part of the board on Us Against Alzheimer's, and you also have this alignment with Galaxy. And can you tell people what, what is Galaxy? Because it's a pretty cool group. Well, Galaxy is our showcase uh, for many of the uh, PCORI initiatives. The PCORI uh, Alzheimer's Patient and Caregiver Powered Research Network is one more attempt to make our voices heard. And again, here is an opportunity. Our goal was to track not only the uh, those living with the disease through the progression, but also track the caregiver and find the inflection points on where the caregiver is getting sick, what's happening with the patient, and uh, we designed the showcase called Galaxy where 
We can connect you to research. We have decision tree tools that you can work with uh, that will answer the question, is clinical research right for you? And then it takes you to a very user-friendly platform where you can search for the right trial for whatever dementia you may or may not have. The A-list is also on Galaxy. And uh, there you can answer the surveys and sign up and be part of a group. We are HIPAA compliant because we want to make sure that whatever uh, we, uh, we act on, uh, we are doing it under the auspices um, of research and that we are doing it in a, uh, a formal way. So they have to re take what we say <laughs> mm -hmm. and respect it. We want respect. And we deserve respect, you know, um, we're at the crux, we're at the heart and the soul of this. And uh, that's a really important piece if you're going to play as a team is to respect everybody. And I, and I love that you're pulling that team together of, of people that really, really get that. Um, now, the, the group that you were referring to is the National Alzheimer's and Dementia Patient and Caregiver um, powered research network. That's a mouthful, um, just in case people weren't quite sure um, who, who you were referring to um, there. Because, uh, but it, but it does. It's it's a long name, but it's inclusive, and it it really does tell who they're about, which is great um, in terms of developing that that track message um, and trying to pull together effective treatments. So that's wonderful. Um, let me ask you this, um, Meryl, in terms of our audience, can you tell people how the A-list works? You know, how does somebody get involved with it and um, what can they really expect if they decide to sign up on this team? Well, we are in for the long haul and working as partners in research. So uh, I will defer to uh, Ginny and Terry, but you go on our our platform, alistforresearch.org, you can sign up and create your own page. And then we offer various initiatives, uh, surveys. Uh, we're about to do one with doctors and patients and examine that relationship. Uh, we are doing another one uh, with the Mayo Clinic. So we are involved with a number of researchers who want to ask us questions. We have also uh, engaged with uh, our A-listers who have helped keep technology groups develop their projects. So for example, the decision tree tools that we offer have been embedded by those living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And we think, again, that's very important uh, to respect everyone. But the sign-up is simple. You engage as much as you want. We have a great deal to offer, and uh, we hope it's the issue of staying with us and being engaged. Unlike most registries where you sign up and then you don't hear from anyone for until the next trial is available, our goal is really to keep people involved with research and make them understand why many times it takes long. But our goal is to help accelerate research, and when you sign up, you sign up with the idea that you are going to help the researchers get to a cure faster. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Um, now, Meryl, you know, you're so well connected. Um, I, just to, to listeners out there, you know, there's so many people that want to get involved. How did you find yourself making connections? And, and I would imagine one of the steps is just start getting involved with groups like the A-List. Um, where people are going to hear more voices, they're going to meet more people. But, but what advice would you give to people um, who who really want to get involved and in, and in start implementing things and having ideas? I'll be very honest with you, Lori. Um, I was isolated with my husband because uh, he was a very difficult case. So I lived wireless, and I became what they call a very noisy advocate. Mm -hmm. And advocacy saved, has saved my life mm -hmm. because it's let me refocus the pain and let me fight Alzheimer's at a different level. And that, to me, was the engagement with us against Alzheimer's, like-minded people who um, 
understood that they could make a difference or wanted to fight. Because I think once you've just seen this disease up close, you're changed forever. It doesn't let you alone. You don't walk away from it. Even those who have lost loved ones, I mean, like yourself, you honor your loved one by uh, staying engaged or re-engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's joining uh, groups like the A-listers, uh, and uh, we're feisty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's great. I think we, I think we need that. And we need the, the, the reinforcement that we're not alone. Because it's easy to feel very alone in this disease. It's also a time that's unusual, Lori. 20 years ago when my husband had this disease, nobody talked about it. Now we are coming out of the shadows and everyone's talking about it because no one can ignore this today. And we need to fight for uh, money for research. It's always a constant battle. And uh, our goal with the A-list is to help the researchers get to a cure faster. So I think that's a great cause. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that it is really healing because there's nothing worse than feeling like your hands are tied and, you know, you can't do anything. And And I think when we all feel isolated and a little alone, one of the things that we have to remember is, yeah, we're 10 steps behind somebody else, but, you know, we're 20 steps ahead of somebody else too. Um, and we can we can help raise people up. We can, you know, give them the insights we didn't have. But we can't do that without having a conversation. And I think that that's just such a critical piece is to shift our dementia care culture so that we're having these conversations. And, you know, the changes I've seen just in the last five years have been brilliant. It's not near where I'd like to see them. Um, but man, we have come a long way, baby. Um, and there's no denying that. Um, and uh, us against Alzheimer's and, and the A-listers um, have had a huge impact on that. So thank you. Thank you so much. You must find your work just very gratifying. Well, I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in my upstairs bedroom because I'm taking care of two people downstairs with the disease. So, <laughs> yes, this is my uh, home away from home, my upstairs bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> the escape within. Yep, there's a lot to be said for that, that finding that peacefulness within. Well, thank you so much for sharing, no, Meryl. Thank you, Lori. Great. Greg, I'm going to, I want to pull you in the conversation. I have so many questions for you. Um, you have just been such a force to reckon with, and I, I so appreciate your honesty um, and your, your courage to share not only your life, but your, your whole family's life and um, put, put this disease in the spotlight and really help people understand um, with um, you know, what it's like. So for someone living with dementia, you know, like I said, you know firsthand what matters most to you and your family. Um, What types of um, opportunities um, would you like to see your insights um, impacting researchers? What do you you think will help the researchers the most um, to get to know what it's like to live with this disease? Um, I think brutal honesty, hopefully you can hear me. It sounded like my voice was garbled, like my mind, but, uh, I have the usual unusual position of, first of all, the diseases raced through my family, but being a family caregiver for my mother and now being afflicted with the disease, um, I worry most about my family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great bugs, bunny. And Meryl's heard me say this before. Uh, once said, uh, don't take life too seriously because nobody gets out alive. So my goal uh, is for the next generation to be as uh, candid as possible, to work with all researchers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know everyone likes to be optimistic about this, but I'm Irish and we're not optimistic by nature. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, well, but I'll tell you one other thing. If I could, I know we're on a timeline here. One of my Italian friends, first-generation Italian, told me the other day that his father, who grew up in Italy, told him as a young boy, "Don't mess with the Irish because they don't know how to freaking die." So <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's good for me. But I'm I'm um, where this movement can help me is to help my family and help um, your grandchildren and your children. I just 
have a new granddaughter and I saw it take out a, I saw this disease take my family out and I don't want that happen to the next generation. So I, I will, with uh, us against Alzheimer's, the A-list, um, I will uh, bang my Irish head through brick walls for them. Wonderful. Now, have you seen, you know, since your involvement with us against Alzheimer's and the A-list, have there been any surprises to you, intentional or not, um, that, you know, just kind of took you back and, and you said, wow, um, in getting well, involved the greatest, with these groups? The greatest surprise, which was such a welcome relief, is they get it, okay? Mm-hmm. They get it more than anyone I know. And I get so damn frustrated because people love to do drive-bys and they'll look at me and they'll say, Oh, you look so good. Or, Oh, you can speak. And this disease um, takes a long time to run its course. And, uh, you know, water finds its own level. And there's parts of my brain that aren't, aren't functioning now. Um, and, and, and Meryl and George and Jenny, they get that. And, um, and they've given me voice. So the, surprise was a welcome surprise because I wasn't sure that anyone really got it Mm -hmm. and man, they get it. And so they got me. Well, and there's just such a, um, I I know for me, when I, when I surround my people that get it, I, I, it just calms me down, you know, cause I can get pretty rattled about this disease as well. Um, because you just want to scream from the mountaintops going, how do you not see this? But, you know, when you mentioned the, the people doing the drive-bys, well, you look okay. You know, nothing's broken, nothing's bloody, so you must be okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I hear well, that. From... you know, it, 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 mm-hmm. it's like the deaf mute saying to someone, do I look like I'm deaf? Um, mm-hmm. As Meryl and Ginny know, I also have cancer. Do I look like I have cancer? I also have had clinical depression since I was a boy. Do I look like I have clinical depression? My body's broken down now, so I have spinal stenosis and scoliosis and no feeling in my feet and my hands. Do I look like that? So what's the problem with the perception of Alzheimer's? I think it scares people, and this is where us against Alzheimer's, the A-list, has been so bold and um, and needs to be bold to get that word across. You, you just saw the news report that, correct me if I'm wrong, what, three times more people than they had expected or... Uh, the death rate from Alzheimer's rose. I mean, it, this, hey, yeah, folks, this is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and it it is. I think you're you're correct when you say you know people they want to see something, otherwise they they want to ignore it. And I know for you know with my own mom, what I found was that um, people would literally ask me, "Does she know you?" And they would ask for two different reasons. One side really right. wanted to get an update, and the other side wanted to give me permission to not see her because they were so uncomfortable with the conversation, and they didn't want to hear about it anymore. And that's not acceptable. Well, you're so right. Yeah. And you're so right about that. Um, someone uh, like me, I get diagnosed with cancer. You can't see the cancer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have an impact right now, but everyone says, oh, my God, you poor guy, you have cancer. Well, what what a, you know? Remember the old cartoon? How about me, boss? With Bugs Bunny. Yep. Um, I'm back in childhood now. What about all these people with Alzheimer's who have various different symptoms? Uh, until we realize this is a national problem, an international problem, that these people are suffering in some ways far more than others in early stages of cancer. And and, and I don't want a single cent spent less on cancer. I want more spent. Um, and until we accept that and come out of our shell about this disease, um, it, it, it's going to be in the back corner. And, and through the work of, of George and Merrill and Ginny and others, us against Alzheimer's, they've uh, they brought it out of the closet. And that's what we need to do is we had to do with AIDS and, and heart disease and cancer and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really do have to look at this um, as a war against humanity. And uh, it might not be, you know, the wars that we've had in the past, but this is a biggie, and um, we have to we have to look at it differently. Um, what types of information, Greg, do your family members really want researchers to get? Um, have they have they talked about this? Are they involved with with uh, the A list yeah, themselves? The, well, um, first of all, they they, they want a cure, mm-hmm. but. Secondly, they want more information on how to help manage uh, the symptoms, mm-hmm. the progressions. And, um, you know, I, I, I liken 
or Alzheimer's in the early stage to a light that goes out in your brain. And, um, and then I go into tremendous rage. How do you manage that? How do you manage when my husband doesn't know me? And how do you manage when my husband says the wall is blue when it's really white? And, and, and how do you cope with it? Um, I think um, at least my family, which might be different than others, will leave the, uh, um, the high research for a cure to the smartest guys in the world, like Rudy Tansy, Dr. Rudy Tansy at Harvard and Mass General and others. But they, they want to know more about coping skills. Mm-hmm. And how do they manage their own fears? Um, you know, my, my maternal grandfather, my mother, my father, my uncle. They're all afraid. You know, before my daughter just had our granddaughter, she said, Daddy, should I get a test? You know, mm-hmm. she, did, she was wondering whether she should bring a baby into the world. And I said, honey, I said, you know, there's no guarantee of anything. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. Have your baby. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Good advice. Um, yeah, I, I think that coping skills is so important. And, you know, for me, with on my journey with my mom for 30 years, I tell people her disease was my greatest gift. And people just look at me like cross-eyed, you know, like, how the heck can that be? But... You know, it's it's taught me to be a better person. It's taught me to let go of my control. It's taught me to play again and not take things as seriously. Um, and really kind of that let go, let God, or whatever your higher power belief is, um, to know that yeah. that we are connected on such um, such a powerful level. And yet when someone gets dementia, we want them to look square at us and say a full sentence. And, um, and yet, you know, most of our communication is nonverbal. And in this rush, rush world, we've forgotten that. And dementia has pulled me back into that, that place of peacefulness, that um, power of purpose. You're totally right. It's taught me. It's been a blessing, to, as it was with my mother, who could speak like me and before she went into the final stages, where you're speaking and writing from the heart, mm-hmm. the place of the soul, not your brain. And I don't know. I'm not here to proselytize. It's not my place. Raised Irish Catholic, and I tell people I go to more of an evangelical church, but don't tell my Dublin relatives because they'll stone me. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I can't get through with that faith. You know, I, I told people that I'm the most imperfect guy in the world. I committed every sin but murder and adultery, and I've been tested at both. But I can't I can't move forward in this disease without my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, well, it again, it's it's giving you that that peace of not being alone. And knowing there's a purpose, um, so many people that I talk to with this disease that are great advocates like yourself say in some ways they've never been as happy and as peaceful because they feel like they truly have a purpose where prior they were living a life that might be really good and might have been really grand, but they were missing that soulfulness of a purpose, and um, and I don't right. know if that makes any sense um, to you or not, but I, I hear that it makes perfect perfect sense perfect sense so often. And you know, we live in this world where everything is about perfection and keeping up with the Joneses. And dementia is so anti all of that, and it teaches us that um, done is better than perfect. Being is better than you know wishing and procrastinating for something better because. The true deep joys are so small, and really, um, in many ways, people look at them as being insignificant until there's a loss. And and those, you know, the glints, the giggles, the holding hands, the the touching stories. I mean, those are the things that make your heart melt. Those are the things that make you know you really have a relationship. And um, and dementia forces you there. You know, so I think in some ways, I right. think this disease is here to get us back to being better people and um, living simpler lives. So, I, again, I thank you for all you're doing, Greg. It's just um, just amazing. So keep up the great work. I, I, I am uh, I'm not doing it alone. So I told you I'm the most imperfect guy in the world, but I'm doing it through the grace of God, the universe, whatever everyone wants to call it. But I'm not in this alone. 
Right. Well, thank you. Thank you for being part of the team. Um, Jenny, I want to direct the next question to you. As a team member who oversees all the day-to-day operations of the A-list and and all the important work that goes on um, in the what what matters most surveys, what do you want our audience to know? And I, and I love that title, the what matters most surveys, because it just it spears right to the heart of like, oh my gosh, there's going to be some meat to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that, um, that that's a great question. And, and what matters most, you know, is something, you know, sort of a title that Meryl felt like just, you know, set, sort of set, set it all. Um, and, you know, we'll be doing a series of these, um, what matters most around different, different topics, both from the perspective of the person living with dementia, um, caregivers current and former, um, which is important, um, as well as people even just worried about their memory. Um, But I think in terms of what's important to know about the surveys, what's important to know about the A-list, is that first of all, everyone who's working on this project um, has lived in some way with, with this disease. Um, And so I think that that's just something that's very important for, you know, kind of goes to Greg's point about, you know, the drive-by, that that this is informed by, you know, unfortunately, personal experience for many on the team. And and what it does is means that, you know, it means that we understand the potential stumbling blocks, the particular needs of families who are living with Alzheimer's and other dementias. Um, And just very concretely, it means that we do our best to make the A-list workable and manageable, and the surveys as well. Um, just to give you an example, the surveys, we have a kind of a, a team of, of folks who are living with dementia or caregivers who, you know, we uh, run these surveys by kind of, you know, focus, you know, we kind of test them out to, you know, just to be sure that you know, the formatting is, is understandable, that the language is understandable and is sensitive to, um, you know, uh, their concerns. Um, so that, so I think that that's really important for folks, for folks to know. Um, but we also, you know, while we want to make it workable, we also do really feel that the surveys that being part of the A-list is an opportunity for members, you know, that as Trish Radenberg, our, our, one of our founders said that, you know, when she was a caregiver, you know, for her mom, you know, nobody asked her what she thought. And so, you know, that I think particularly, you know, having just lost Trish, I think that that's, that's really inspiring for us. It's like nobody asked her, but now somebody is asking. Um, so other important points to know for somebody who wants to join the A-list is that you can, you can be a member from the comfort of your own home. It's online and you can engage at the moments that are easiest for you, just understanding what being a caregiver is like, understanding what living with the disease is like. There's, you know, it doesn't matter. You can engage whenever, whenever you want. So we make it, you know, it's really important to make it simple and doable for, for families. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time, and we really mean that. You just, you'll, as an A-list member, you get two emails a month. The surveys are truly short meaningful, um, two to three questions maximum. Um, we also often, as Meryl said, share uh, information online to tools that we think are going to be of interest um, as well. You know, one of those is our, our most recent um, email to A-list members featured the On Pluto podcast with Greg. Um, and, and this is gonna, going to be a series where Greg t- um, tells his story. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I think... He's just, as Trish calls him, the poet laureate of Alzheimer's, just phenomenal storyteller and honest about his experience. And this is just will be, you know, it's a podcast, it's downloadable on iTunes, but we'll hopefully encourage others to, you know, to share um, through social media and other share um, about their experience living with Alzheimer's. So um, lastly, another really important uh, Thing to know about the surveys and about being part of the A-list is that it is we have a secure and private database 
personal information and responses are not and cannot be linked to names and email addresses. Um, and as, as was mentioned, it's um, HIPAA protected. So we take that very seriously. And I, I think in, in many cases that can make people more willing to share, you know, what they, what they think about what matters most and about, you know, other aspects around the A-list. Um, so, um, so I think that those are really the kind of the top things I'd say as a person who's doing sort of the, you know, the, the, the day-to-day, you know, the emails, that type of thing. It really is simple yet big impact. Now, you had mentioned that there's only a couple of questions. Are they multiple choice or do people have to write their answers out? Because I know that makes a difference for some people, too. Well, typically, I mean, we've done it a couple of different ways. Um, The first survey on what matters most um, focused on uh, the symptoms um, that, that people would want treated by an Alzheimer's medication and um, it's, you know, we ask people to pick their, like their number one choice. Mm-hmm. Um, the second survey, what matters most to the doctor, asked respondents to rank from one to six. I don't have it uh, in front of me, but I think it's one to six, mm-hmm. sort of an order of importance. And I think that that's one area where, you know, when you're asking you know, we're, we're really trying to be, uh, well, we are being very thoughtful about the presentation of that. So I think, uh, like, the next survey, what we might do is say, um, you know, what are your top three choices, mm-hmm. uh, for example? So just sort of trying to hone in on, um, you know, sort of, yeah, I think that the, the top issue, uh, you know, the, the, the symptom that bothers people the most mm-hmm. Um that they would want to have treated as Greg is Greg. Okay. Definitely a lot of ways to approach it, but um, we're trying some different, some different approaches. Okay. To see what, what works best. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and go on to Terry. I can't believe we're blowing through this hour so quickly. It always goes so fast. <laughs> so um, if you don't mind, Terry, um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because, you know, the goal of curing Alzheimer's is is such an enormous and complex under, undertaking. And it's pretty obvious that the A-list community um, can't work in a vacuum by any stretch. Um, is, is my perception of that correct? I mean, it, you just seem so um, like you have such a great reach um, at this point. Are you feeling that? Yes. So, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so we need to have tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people providing feedback uh, regarding the challenges they face, the solutions they embrace, when what really matters, as you're hearing that phrase quite a bit, what really matters to them. Uh, the, we need that kind of numbers, number one, to be credible, and Meryl talked a little bit about that, that you know, our voices are all important. And when we put them together, such as other you know, movements and other areas have, it becomes a really a credible and a formidable force to listen to. The, there are a lot of complexities around Alzheimer's and dementia. So, there, you know, there's the, the, the time that you are since you're diagnosed and your journey can be quite long. And you can have different things that are important to you depending on the time that you are going through. So what you know what you are going through really, you know, uh, per, uh, affects your perspective around what matters to you. And that actually, as you were, we were talking about the what matters naming, you know, the first uh, time I remember hearing that uh, when we kind of latched onto it was one somebody from our group. Uh, who had Alzheimer's was saying, what really matters to me is I want to be able to get, you know, completely through uh, a newspaper article from beginning to end without forgetting what I read, as an example. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on us that, wow, what matters to you might be different than what matters to me. What matters to me at one point in time is going to be different than what matters to me at a different point in time. We need big numbers to do that. So we are up to about um, almost 1,000 members of the A-list. 
we've been partnering with other groups such as Home Instead and, um, you know, Greg to get the word out and um, Lisa Gibbons and Kim Campbell, you know, trying to really get the word out very broadly uh, to join the A-list. And I can, I'll, I'll make sure before I'm done to give you that, that URL uh, so that everybody can join who's listening. Um, so we've really been trying to reach out far and wide to get people uh, responding and joining the A-list. We have over 2,000 responses to surveys at this point in time, and Ginny did a nice job of talking about those surveys. Some of those surveys are around, you know, what matters to you with regard to your treatment uh, what and what matters to you and your doctor's relationship. Uh, so we're really trying to have simple surveys, quick surveys, just a few questions at a time, because none of us, when I was a caregiver, if, I, if, if it wasn't done in two or three survey questions, I was out of it. So I think that we, you know, we really respect the time constraints. Uh, as Jenny mentioned and Meryl mentioned, it is a HIPAA-compliant database. It is you know, very safe. We really protect that information. And we only present it at an aggregated level unless you give us feedback that is you know, uh, an interesting uh, piece of feedback to bring back to somebody, that's, but then it's anonymous. Uh, so uh, I think they're, they're really the important things with that project. Um, I, I did want to say that the, the how you join the A-list is www.alist4research.org, alistforresearch.org. And then all of this information, just because I want everybody to understand how important this is, the second initiative that is underway is a project, as we mentioned, with us against Alzheimer's, several pharmaceutical companies, the Food and Drug Administration, National Institutes of Health, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, and several advocacy groups, including um, patient-driven as well as caregiver advocacy groups. And we're launching this What Matters a series of surveys to help us to understand kind of broadly what matters to people. Like we want to really understand everything that matters at a different points in the journey. And then we're going to, uh, so we do that qualitatively. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to conduct quantitative surveys where we're going to really understand what matters most out of all of it and connect that to research, pharmaceutical research, the understanding that the FDA has around what matters, the understanding that Medicare and Medicaid has so that medicines are reimbursed when they become available. And we hope that this will lead to new treatments that matter to us, that help us, and that are reimbursed because the value for them is obvious. Wonderful. That is absolutely fantastic news uh, to hear about. Um, What a collaboration um, I, I just think it's so exciting what you guys have accomplished and what's on the horizon here. And um, kudos to, to all of you. Um, I can't thank you enough for participating um, today. Um, Meryl, is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, Laurie, we've got a great team, as you know, and uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, we'd love to get to a thousand mm-hmm. <laughs> by June. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the numbers uh, the numbers are important, um, and uh, we hope to build out a list. And we love your feedback. Anyone can write to us, uh, engage with us. We are paying close attention and listening. But uh, I think you, everyone, will get the sense that we do care, uh, and we've been there. And we're doing it. Um, and uh, thank you for this great opportunity to uh, share our story. Well, great. Listeners, I I really want you to participate in this. I think it is, um, again, just so, so important. And all you have to do is go to www.alist, the number four, and then research.org. You're not going to be pestered. It's just a couple of uh, short questions a couple of times a month, but it's going to be a powerful collaboration. And um, and know with this group, your voice is going to be heard and it is valued. Um, and, uh, you know, they're doing great work. So 
be part of it. Be part of the change that you want to see. Um, it's, uh, you have a lot to offer. Um, Jenny, anything that you'd like to add? No, I think that we, I, I would say just, yeah, just, just join the A-list. Okay. It's, it's easy. It's impactful. You, you cannot go, you can't go wrong. It's, it's an opportunity, we hope. Wonderful. And Greg, any last comments from you? No, I, I um, just want to thank you for your tremendous interest and support. Uh, I'm not in charge anymore, so I take directions from two uh, incredible women, uh, Marilyn Jennings. So there you have it. <laughs> we love you, Greg. And, and, being, and being the Irish guy that I am, that wasn't always the case. So, But, but, but uh, uh, dementia, uh, as, as you said, it, it, it's humbling. And so it's brought me to a different place. And it's a better place. Wonderful. And we think we take our cues from you, Greg. Mm. I was going to say, I see him holding the baton, marching, marching straight ahead. Um, it, that's the one thing that's, I think, so fun when you get involved with the advocacy is there really isn't one leader. Um, it, the, the collaborations are getting so strong. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the wand passes and the voices are heard and more and more people are listening, more voices are are activating and and that's a powerful beautiful thing because it it really gives us that sense of community that I think everybody is lacking in the world today and it's a it's a sad way you can look at it as a sad way to have to get that sense of community but it's it's powerful and it's beautiful and it's purposeful and you can each make a difference so thank you all so much for being with us today really appreciate your time with us. Thank you, Lori. Um, in closing, I just want to remind people, if you're new to the Alive and Social Network, you might want to check out uh, Rachel Perrin, who is the Culinary Directory, a Director for Kowalski's Markets. And she does a really uh, cute little podcast called What's for Dinner Tonight? And it's only 10 to 15 minutes long, but if you're hungry and trying to figure out what the heck to make, or maybe you're having a party and need some help with planning, go to Kowalskis.com. That's K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S.com for some menu ideas, or listen to the podcast. Um, They're just very fun to listen to, and um, we'll give you some great ideas. I also want to give another plug for our Dementia-Friendly Symposium and Cruise that will be going to the Eastern Caribbean, November 11th through the 18th. And that really is for people with early memory loss and their families. And I just can't wait to do this. We're going to have four people with dementia as speakers, Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shearer, and Mary Reed, along with myself and Cindy Luzinski, who's heading up a um, dementia-friendly uh, coalition in uh, northern Colorado. And then we have Becky Watson, uh, who is a music therapist, and then, of course, our great travel agent, Kathy Schof. Um, we went on a family cruise when my dad had uh, brain cancer and my mom with dementia, and you know, those memories are just still stunning. I was looking through photos the other night and just precious, precious uh, time. So, you know, if you can make it and join us, um, we would love to have you um, be part of this uh, this launch. Um, we're getting great response, and I'm sure we'll be doing some more with that as well. And, you know, remember that all of our shows here on Alzheimer's Speak Radio are archived, and we've been doing this for six years, so there's lots of great information that you can grab. Um, Also want to point out the last Dementia Chats we did, which is, again, where I interview people with dementia about various topics. We just did one on depression, grief, sadness, and dementia, and had a wonderful conversation about what their thoughts are uh, wrapped in all of that, how it affects them, how it affects their families, and what we can all do to live a little better life um, and more gracious with dementia. If you are interested in having a screening of the dementia film, His Neighbor Phil, please give me a holler. I just love taking that around the country and having those talkbacks. Such a powerful, powerful uh, piece uh, to, that really ex- um, explains and shows what families go through, um, you know, when caring and what it's like for a person with dementia. Uh, Last, I'm going to give a plug to uh, the Care 
the Call Alert Center, if you have somebody who you're worried might wander, it's a great way uh, to just be prepared ahead of time. It's a, they put together a flyer. Um, it's under $15 a year. Uh, you can get a discount if you go to my website um, to boot for that. Um, but it's just uh, it's something wonderful to have. You can also set one up for your pets or your kids or grandchildren or if you're traveling abroad. Um, it's, uh, it's just kind of that peace of mind thing. And then, again, our Memory Cafe directory. Um, if you go to our Memory Cafe page on our initiatives and projects, you'll go to a directory that is powered by calendar cards with Dave. And he's just doing a fantastic job keeping track of all those. Until next time, you know, have a wonderful week. And again, thank you, veterans, for all you've done. Remember, when you're dealing with someone with dementia, keep first and foremost in your mind, are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Bye now. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.